0: Corinthians chapter number six. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter number six, and we're going to begin reading at verses 12 through 20. First Corinthians chapter number six. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 12 down to verse 20. When you get there, you can say amen. amen. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Well, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own for you were brought at a price therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's pray with me please Father I have an awesome task before me this morning you have given me an assignment and God I pray that as I speak that I will speak without hesitation without reservation and with great boldness clarity And God, that everything that I say, love will be the thing that push it along. Father, consecrate me for this hour, and I pray that the hearers who are hungry this morning to hear from you, I pray, God, that you would speak to us. God, I know that you want us to live a life of prosperity, a life of peace, a life of joy. I know, God, that you want us to fulfill the richness of all that you have for us. God, as I preach this morning on a delicate subject, yet one that must be preached upon, I pray that every heart will be open. I pray, God, that guards will be let down and that, God, we will all receive what the Spirit is about to say. Because, Lord, you are the truth. You are the life, you are the one God to whom we look to find answers about every aspect of our lives. And we know, God, that when we commit ourselves to following the word of the Lord, that though at times it will be challenging, it will reap the harvest of everlasting life. And so then God, help us today. Break every yoke. Every stronghold and everything that is not like you so that Jesus will be glorified and your people will be happy in the Lord. We love you and we praise you. All God's people say amen. 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 Let me be seated in God's presence uh, this morning. I am excited this morning. As you know about a couple of things I've been we've been talking about all morning in particular our 120 campaign. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about that before we leave here today. But I'm beginning a brand new series today. And if you can see behind me, it's entitled Undressed. And on purpose, it was meant to capture your attention. The purpose of the series is to get down to the naked truth about sexuality and morality. How many know? That God has a lot to say about sex. Am I preaching to myself? How many know that God's word has a whole lot to say about sex? God is not silent about this issue. And so the world has crafted for us an image of what they believe sexuality is. But how many know, and you should know, as Christians, that the standard for, sexual, for sexuality is the standard of the word of God. Everybody say the word, God. the word of God. Now, what I'm going to preach to you, I promise, it may make some of you a little bit uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit has already told me that. And I told the Lord I'm ready to go to battle. I said, Lord, whatever you got to do, if I'm standing by myself, well, I'll be standing by myself when this thing is over with. But I, you must understand something. I am a preacher of the word of God. I cannot, under no circumstances, placate to you. I cannot, in an effort to try to make you happy, skate over issues that are blatantly obvious. I cannot water down what God has said in his word simply because I want you to stay around. I want you to stay around. God wants you to stay around, more importantly. And how many know he loves us? And as I think about this issue of sexuality, it has been covered up today, pure sexuality, by falsehood and the desires to fulfill one's sexual appetite. So we talked about sex. We're going to have a real hearted discussion this morning about sex. We talk about sex, and I want you to understand that there are ramifications for what we do with our bodies. I want to start there. Your body, if you're a Christian today, you have a responsibility, you and I have a responsibility to make sure that we honor God with our bodies. As the scripture says, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God dwells in you. God has some very, very strong warnings about sexual immorality. He has some very strong warnings. And I know today that in the effort to placate and in an effort to make people feel like they're not accountable to the word, somehow when, when a preacher or somebody stands up and preaches the word, we kind of want to gloss over it like, yeah, but you know, God understands. It's okay. We're all fallen. We all are human. And I would say to you, we all are human. But how do we know that God is a God of judgment? Amen. God is a God of fire. Let me hasten to say, he loves you more than you would ever know. But do you not understand that the judgment of God is coming upon those? Watch this. Hear me well. Who practice sexual immorality? And as a Christian, I mean, know we ought to know better. Now Jesus said, "Now listen to me." He says that we are the light of the world. So we don't take, we don't take our cues from worldly figures about sex. God did not ask you and I to sit down and he wanted to conduct a poll to see what is popular today. Oh, oh no. How many know God said this is the way it is, it's supposed to be, and whether you like it or not, it's going to be. So there are no polls. There are no opinions here. My opinion is no better than your opinion. We must be a people that stay true to the word, even if everybody else around you shun the word. I don't care how popular it is on TV. I don't care how good he or she looks. I don't care what is popular today. How many know that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever, and his standards does not change? I heard Somebody say on the TV who was doing an interview, he says, well, you know, the Bible is a bit outdated. You know, the Bible needs to change with times. That is somebody who is ignorant. Because the Bible says the heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will last forever. This word will outlast every demon, every lie, every deceit. There is nothing that is going to smother the word of God. You must realize that. Nothing. I don't care about the popularity. I don't care what your friends do. I don't care what's popular. I don't even care what they show you on the Grammys. It don't matter. When it comes to God, God is God and he is the one who sets the standard. I would be denying my responsibility as a preacher if I didn't preach to you all of the counsel of God. Everybody say all. I can't give you bits and pieces. I don't know how to do that. I know some preachers today, the church now today is being backed into a corner about this sexuality thing. Oh, boy, we are being backed. I mean, people are committing immorality at an all-time high. What used to be a shame is being celebrated today in America. But people used to look at it and say, oh, man, that's a, I mean, today it is out front in your face. And if you think that you're just going to have your little church on Sunday and, and, and you, just, you think that they're just not going to bother you, you're out of your mind. They're coming to your doors. The spirit of prostitution, the spirit of sexual immorality, they are coming at our doors. The church of Jesus Christ. So we cannot sit back and say, well, that don't bother me. You know, like some people, well, that's you. That's you? you want to do that? That's on you. The devil is a lie. He said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. We are the ones to raise the standard. We are to lead the way. The Bible said, don't be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by what? Renewing of your mind. So then, I'm, not, I'm sorry, Mr. and Mrs., I can respect you, love you, but at the end of the day, you must understand, I'm going to go with God. So we have a choice to make. I know and you know as well as I know that it is always, always well with the righteous. Do you hear me? Always. Yes, sometimes it's hard. I know sometimes it's not. I know that the sexuality to try to live a life of purity is very challenging in a culture that is is beginning to embrace debauchery and all sexual immorality of all kinds. I know the challenge. I live here with you. I understand it. But you are those who have been raised up and have been called to something different. And the question is, are we going to rise up and be who God's called us to be? Are we going to be a people that stay true to his word, even though everybody else is drifting? I told you, what I'm going to say is not popular. But I'm letting you know up front, it's coming. Because how many know that if we stand, how many, let me put it this way. How many know that the devil ain't shy about what he does? Is the devil shy? Does the devil have any problem telling you what he wants to do? <laughs> then why should we, the church, be timid? Why should we be backed down? Why should we be pushed into a corner and told to sit down, shut up, and be quiet and go with the flow? The devil is a lie. I ain't going with no flow. <laughs> I'm going with the word. Is anybody with me in here? I'm going with the word. Listen, when God saved me some 24 years ago, I made a commitment to him and I ain't going back. I don't know about you, but I've come too far to go back. I've come way too far. I mean, I've been convinced that God's word is real. It is true. So it brings us to this Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the verse we just read. For some of you who don't know, Paul was the great apostle to the Gentiles. As Peter was anointed to preach to the Jews, so Paul was anointed by God and called by God to preach to the Gentiles. And so Paul planted churches all over Asia. He planted churches like in Corinth, Ephesus, Colossae, Colossians, you know those books? Thessalonica, Thessalonians. These were places that Paul went. He planted churches there. And one of the places that he first planted a church was Corinth. Everybody say Corinth. Corinth Corinth is where we get the book of Corinthians. For those who don't know, the New Testament letters, these were letters that the Apostle Paul, most of them, was writing to churches at that time. Now, Corinth was the epic center of sin. Let me, let me explain to you a little bit about Corinth. It was sin city. I know we got a sin city in New Orleans here, right? They call it sin city. Y'all ever hear that, or is it, sin, is it New Orleans or is it Vegas? Vegas? Whatever happens in Vegas stays in How I many know that's a lie? You ought to know better. <laughs> Sin City, Corinth was the epic center. It was a place that was ravished with debauchery. Sexual immorality was something that was huge in Corinth. When people wanted to get their fix on, they would run to Corinth. This was ancient Greece's most important trade city. Give you some some nuggets here. Corinth controlled uh, shipping. Between the east and the west, the Greeks there were were known for idolatry, divisive philosophies, and their worship of pagan gods of sexual immorality. In Corinth, there was gross, everybody say gross, Gross. sexual immorality. It was infamous for, watch this, sensuality and sacred prostitution. Male and female prostitution was abundant in Corinth. You don't have to take my word for it. Go study it yourself. (laughs) They had a famous proverb, matter of fact, named after the Corinthians, and and, and they would say, to Corinthianize. And what to Corinthianize meant was to practice prostitution. The city's chief deity was Venus. Which means the God of licentious love. It is said that 1,000 professional prostitutes served in the temple and was dedicated to her worship. This deity called Venus. It was here that Paul said, I'm going to plant a church. Most of us Christians would be like, I ain't planting no church over there. It's too evil. You'll be running. How many people dream of planting a church in Vegas? There are some there, thank the Lord. But I mean, the Lord, God loved them too. So Paul planted a church in Corinth. I mean, the audacity of Paul. The audacity, Paul, how can you come in this atmosphere where sexual perversion was at an all time? How would you, how could you, Paul, come and think that you're going to plant a church here? How do you know Paul was bold? Well, Paul plants a church here, and and no wonder the church is made up of people who were surrounded by and who had lived in that lifestyle. That's why if you read the book of Corinthians, Corinthians was a book with all kind of fleshly stuff going on. I mean, there was incest, there was uh, homosexuality Paul had to address, there was uh, a perversion, there, there was all kind of a process. Everything you can imagine, Paul was addressing it in the book of Corinthians because it was the place. Do you understand? It was the place where sexual immorality was huge. And so people got saved. Paul preached the gospel. But the problem was this thing was starting to creep into the church. Oh, I'll let that see for a little bit. Let that simmer just for a moment. And so Paul, the great apostle, he had to come and put the church on notice. So he wrote a letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, two letters that we had. And Paul addressed issues of morality with the church. Everybody say the church. The church. church. Paul addressed issues of immorality. And so so this was his whole letters. And and I'm telling you that Paul spent a whole lot of time talking about this issue. Because he understood that the people of the culture, they needed to know that now that you have been changed. Everybody say change. You can't live that way no more. You cannot be involved in prostitution no more. You cannot be fornicating no more. You cannot be involved in homosexuality and lesbianism no more. It is over. So Paul had to bring some instructions about this issue. So let's pick it up here. First, Corinthians chapter 6. Y'all ready to go to work? Yeah. Let's work a little bit. Let's work just a little bit. So Paul says in verse number 13... The body is not for sexual immorality. Everybody says sexual immorality. All right? So here's what I did. I did some work on that. Amen? I did some work on that word. If you study that word in the Greek. It means the Greek word for sexual uh, immorality is pornea. P-O-R-N-E-A. It's the same word by which we get the word, our English word, pornography from. All right? The same word. And watch this, it is interchangeable with the word fornication, all right? Now, what is sexual immorality? Sexual immorality is, watch this, is sex outside of marriage, right? You you hear that? Any sex outside of marriage of that which is supposed to be between a man and a woman, it is sexual immorality. Now watch. Recreational, so this includes recreational sex, lesbianism, homosexuality, adultery, and shamely that we have to say bestiality. You know they do that too. Ain't nothing new under the sun, amen? amen. So recreational sex has to do with fornication. If you're not married today and you're sitting here and you're a Christian and you're fornicating, you need to stop. I'm going to show you why you need to stop. This is the warning call to you, you need to stop, you need to stop lesbianism, two females that are sexually intimate with one another, homosexuality, men sleeping with men, adultery, people who are married but they're skipping out, everybody say, don't skip. Mm, mm, mm Don't skip. Come on. How many know we came to Jesus anyway because the world was messed up? Amen. So why do you want to go back and do the very thing that you want God to deliver you from? Come on, somebody. somebody come on, help me with this. Now, watch this. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of verses to solidify because somebody said, well, pastor, you're just giving your opinion. I'm glad you said that. Let's go to the word. Write these verses down. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, watch this, and be joined to his what? Wife. Everybody say wife. Wife. And they shall become one flesh. The two shall become one. Now, Mark chapter number 6. Look at this. But from the beginning, this is Jesus talking. Because somebody would say, "Man, that's Old Testament. What did Jesus say about it? I'm glad you asked. Here's Jesus. <laughs> but from the beginning of the creation, here's Jesus talking, God made them what? Male and female. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his what? Wife. All right? So this is marriage. This is the marriage that God has sanctioned. Marriage between a man and a woe man. That is what God has sanctioned. Anything else is outside, it's out of bounds. Everybody say out of bounds. Watch football today, you know what out of bounds is. It don't work, it don't count. Hebrews thirteen four. write this verse down. <sighs> marriage is honorable among all. Here it is. See, God loves marriage. How many know God, How you know that the, that the marriage is a picture of Christ in the church? You know, when we get to be with Christ, there's a big marriage supper that's gonna be held in heaven when all of God's people will be married to the lamb. We are called, people, the bride of Christ. So our marriages are a replica of, of, of what is to come when we are solidified once and for all with Christ the great marriage supper of the Lamb that will be you and I with our Jesus forever. How many of you looking forward to that day? Amen. He says marriage is honorable among all. God says, look, God says marriage, marriage is honorable. How many know that the idea of marriage did not generate with man? It came from God. The very first marriage was when Adam slept, amen? And God gave him, his, out of his rib, he what, gave him his what? His wife. And God brought her, everybody say her, Her. say her. He brought her to him. When he woke up, he said, oh, beautiful. It's like when husband, I first saw my wife walking down the aisle. I just, oh, oh, beautiful, wow, gorgeous. Beautiful to me, ah. The Bible says, Hebrews 13, for marriage is honorable among all, and the bad is undefiled. So God said, what happens in the marriage bed is good. But here's what he says. Here's the warning. Are you still with me? Yeah. But fornicators and adulterers, God might judge. What you want me to do? What you want me to preach? He said... Fornicators, what is fornication? Sex outside of marriage. If you're not married, you got no business laying down with nobody. You lay down with dogs, you get fleas. I'm not calling about a dog. It's the concept. You understand what I'm saying? You cannot, we cannot push aside the word of God and expect that no judgment is going to come. Judgment happens. The whole, listen, the, the Bible says Jesus came that he might destroy. Everybody say destroy. Destroy, destroy the works of the devil. How many you know that fornication is a work of the devil? Amen. It's a work of the enemy. And God came to destroy it. Christ came to destroy it. He said fornicators and adulterers, those are people who are married, but decide because I need to have my knees met, I'm going to skip out. You can skip out, but understand that you're under the judgment of God when you do. I mean, know that God is not mocked? Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he what? You can't think that you can go out there, I don't care what they tell you in your ear, it's okay. Nobody knows. You hear by yourself that, I mean, know, I'm gonna show you in a moment that if, if, if you're a Christian, you call yourself a Christian and you're fornicating, uh, you, you're joining the Lord. <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let me, let me just wait. Just hold on. Everybody say, hold on. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to. Okay. So God says, marriage is honorable among all, and the bed is undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So judgment is coming. And that comes in many different ways, that judgment. We'll talk about that here in a moment. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10. Write this verse down. I want to give you some verses so you can go and meditate on them. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Those those who are outside of Christ. Do not be deceived. How many know that there's a great deception in the earth today? Oh boy, they're lying to you, aren't they? Don't be deceived. Deception. Listen, church. Listen to your pastor. Don't be deceived. Don't believe the hype. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care if the crowd follows it. If God says it ain't right, it ain't right. Learn, know like I know, you better stick with God. Because it's going to turn out much better for you when you do it his way. When you don't do it God's way, I'm I'm a living testimony. When you don't do things God's way, it hurts. There's pleasure in sin for what? Oh, yeah, it feels good. I know it feels good. Oh, boy, but there's some people paying the price for 30 and 25, 50 years for something that felt good. How do you know judgment is coming? So we need to be, come on, we need to be serious, should we? we? We gotta get on board with this thing and we gotta believe God. Now look, he said here, now he said, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, watch this, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's a long list. But it ought to strike a little bit of fear in all of us. Here's what God is saying with that verse. See, Paul is making, drawing, making a, a, a very clear picture. He's saying that the unrighteous, those who don't know God, this is who they are. And so he gives a whole list of these folks, who they are, who don't know God. But you and I, we know him. Am I right about it? So you are not supposed to be walking in any of that. Let me tell you, it should put, strike fear in us. When I read that verse, I mean, it ain't just talking about a couple, because some of us can look at some things, all right, that ain't me, that ain't me. But I noticed when I hit on certain things, everybody got a little bit, oh, concerned. There are some things that I didn't expect. What is Paul saying? That the kingdom of God are for people that love Jesus. The kingdom of God is for people that have been set apart by Jesus. The kingdom of God is for holy people. The kingdom of God is for righteous people. The kingdom of God is for those who have made a declaration that they're going to live their life consecrated and sanctified for Jesus. Amen? You cannot say to me that you've been transformed and you live a life that is characterized by that. Oh boy, it got real quiet. We're going to keep on going. First Thessalonians, verses four, verses one through five. Come on, run there. First Thessalonians, chapter four, verses one through five. Ah, I love this verse. How many know that, that at some point in time that we need to realize that God sees everything? God is not like blind, like he don't see what's happening. God sees and he knows. These are things and ways that we practice as a lifestyle. How many know something is wrong with that? We need to do some serious, a serious, what we call in football terms, gut check. Check your gut. See where you're at. Finally, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 1. How many of you love that verse I just read before? How many love that verse? Amen. Oh, amen, amen. Amen. Boy, look at this. Look at this. Satan, I just break your power over this church. Free God's people in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You have no authority in this place. In Jesus' name. No authority. You devil, get out of here. We cast you down. Let God's people be free. Church, this message is about freedom. The devil don't want you to be free. He wants you to keep coming back and forth to the altar, struggling with the same things and never changing. This is a message about freedom. Don't miss your opportunity. Freedom. Finally then, brethren, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus... That you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and please the Lord. How many of you want to please God? Come on, church. I mean, you love God. You wouldn't be here if you didn't want to please him. Come on. Come on. I love him. You love him. We're all in this thing together. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. Watch this. Your sanctification. Sanctification means to be set apart. How many know that it should be natural for us to be set apart? Not trying to blend with the world, not trying to keep my friends, amen? But listen, I love friends. I will try to reach anybody I can, but just don't ask me to go against the core of who God made me to be. Then we're going to have a problem. I'll be your friend. I will bless you. I will come to your sinful house and eat with you. I'm talking to the sinner. I'll eat with you. I will bless you. I will love you galore. But when you try to tell me to go against the Savior who brought me out of a reckless lifestyle of debauchery, let me tell you something. I was in it deep. So he delivered me. Amen. (laughs) So I don't mind preaching the truth because I know where this is going to lead. I know you're going to get free. Watch this now, watch. He says this, watch. But this is the will of God, the will of God, the will of God. Your, your, your sanctification, yours. That you should abstain, everybody say abstain. Abstain. From sexual immorality. Sexual immorality, all the stuff that we just said. Do we need to go back and name the list all over again? I don't think we do. He said abstain, that each one of you should know how to possess his own vessel. Now listen to this. Everybody is responsible for what you do with your vessel. It is up to you. We had a Bible study on Wednesday. How many of you in the Bible study, adult, uh, adult verse on Wednesday? And we talked about feeding the beast. We, we had this image of an ugly, it was an ugly, y'all remember that picture? It was an ugly beast. He represented, sin. it was like a wolf. He had some teeth, he was ugly. And we talked about how, the, how if we keep feeding that beast, it gets stronger and stronger to the point that we cannot overcome it. It dominates our life. But in order to kill the beast, we got to starve it. Amen? You don't, don't give the beast what, what he feeds off of. Come on. Starve him. The more you starve him, the more the life of Christ will manifest in your body. Amen? Amen. Now watch this. Are we going to keep going? Because I don't have much time. Oh gosh, I got to run. Oh Jesus. Okay. Here it is. Verse number five. Not in passion of lust. Everybody say lust. lust. Like the Gentiles who do not know God. Now understand something Paul is saying. See, lust has no honor. Lust has no love. And lust has no boundaries. Do you hear me? He says, so we're not supposed to walk like that. See, part of our church, we've been talking about getting in position for 120. How many know we're still getting in position? Because how many know the sexual immorality, it will stop us? Come on, unrighteous living will hinder the move of God. So, how many know we're still getting in position? Hear this, he says. Now, not in lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. God, here's what God's saying. This is uh, street terms. God said, "Live like you know, like you got some sense. Live like you know that you've been redeemed." Don't live like the Gentiles. They are sinning like that because they're supposed to. They're supposed to be jumping from bed to bed, but they're not supposed to. But, you know, they don't know Christ. So, yeah, they jump from bed to bed, sleep with person with they do, But not you. No, 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 no. no. Don't you act like a person who have not been redeemed. How many know that when you say you're a Christian it ought to mean something? Amen. I'm tired. Ty- oh, God, I'm sick and tired of people talking about their Christians and living like the devil. I'm tired of it, I'm tired of those who talk a good game but they got no weight to back it up. Where's the beef the lady said? Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. If you say you're gonna be a Christian, then walk like it, act like it. Be who you say you are, as they used to say when I was a kid, stink or get off the pot. I'm ty- Listen, we don't have time for cream puff people. Here's what I mean by that. We are not being committed to what God has called us to for the sake of just placating and playing with sin. How many know we got to get serious about this? How many know God is serious about sin? He said, Pastor, you're coming on a little stronger today. That's because I love you. And I know this demon is strong. So I told this this church this morning, y'all need to be praying this morning. Because I have to go out of character just a little bit because this demon that I'm dealing with is potent. Oh, it's strong. So anyway, we just got to fight this thing the way God said we got to fight. We got to make sure that God's people be free, so that the world look at the church. They can say, "Okay, you can live. I can live like that." The world need to look at us and say, "Wow, I want to be like that." Yeah. We shouldn't be looking at the world saying, "I want to be like the world." I don't want to be like them. I want to be like Jesus. They should be looking to us and saying, "I want to live like that." I want to be like that lady right there, Bree. You see, I want to live. That, that's like, want to be like that. Oh, but in church, sometimes we get it flipped around. We try to mimic the world. Why do we want to mimic the world if we know where the world is headed without Christ? No, we need to come on. Somebody say, take a stand. Take a stand. We're going to live for Jesus. We're going to live for Jesus. Amen? Amen. I got to run. I got to run. So I'm going to do two things. I'm going to have to shorten this up because I got to run. I knew I wasn't going to get all this in. Y'all, can y'all bear with me for a couple more minutes, please? I just got a couple things I just want to share with you. Look at this. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, if you will. Verses 15 and 17. He says in that verse, Do you not know that your bodies are the members of Christ? How many know your body belongs to Christ? All right, this ain't your body. You say you gave your life to Jesus. It don't belong to you. You belong to Christ. How many know you were bought with a price? Shall I then take the members of Christ, watch this, The members of Christ shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? And Paul was talking because there were some people that was wrestling with the idea of sexual immorality or dealing with these prostitutes, or whatever the case might have been that the people were dealing with. And Paul was saying, do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her for the two He says shall become one, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. How many know, watch this now, I want you to hear me carefully because I got to construct this in a way that you can get it. How many know that sexual immorality or when two people come together for sex, there's not just a physical component, which most people tend to get mixed up with love. That's why some people end up getting married and marriage don't work a lot of times, because they fell in lust and they thought it was love. That's why God said don't have sex before you get married. Get to know the person, fall in love with the person, then you have sex later and be much better. See, here's what happened: People get in lust, watch this now, they get in lust and they want to have sex first. And how many know, but it's going to take more than a good lie to sustain a long-term relationship. Just because you're good and bad, it ain't going to keep me happy for 20 years and we struggling. We don't like each other. Come on, somebody. So, am, I t- am I right about it? Yes. It's going to take you. Watch this. You need more than that. I don't care how good it is. At some point, it ain't going to be good enough. And so a lot of people have been deceived because they fell in lust. They fell in love. And so what we do, we have premarital sex. How many know when you have premarital sex, you get blinded because you can't see clear because it's all about the sex? And I love him. I love him. No, you don't. You don't even know him. I was talking to a brother the other day who's been married for 20-some <laughs> years. He said, he said man, he said, I, he, he sit right in the airport with me. He said, I don't even know my wife. He said to me, he said, he said we have nothing in common. Nothing. I mean, I'm sitting there looking at him like, well, why are you can you, like, figure some of that? He said he had nothing in common with her. He said, we don't like the same. And, uh, and he just went on and on. I'm, like, looking at him like, dude, what do you do? What were you doing? Let me tell you something. There's a lot of reasons why you need to abstain from premarital sex. Listen, preacher told me and my wife, because we were in sin before we got saved. But when we got saved, the preacher sat down he said, y'all can't be together no more. So what? can't do it more. I'm gonna marry her anyway. Now, priest said you can't do it. So you know what we did? We stopped. And we spend time getting to know each other. You follow what I'm saying? Because you don't want your judgment clouded. Because when you lay down with somebody, your spirit, this ain't just a physical thing, your spirit gets entangled with that. For good, listen, and, and, and if, it's, if you're not married, it's always for bad. Because God has set a standard, right? The Bible says, Paul says, the body is not for sexual immorality. It's not. So Paul said, if you go join yourself, see, there are sins I can do outside the body. Don't, that don't really necessarily affect my body, even though it affects my life. But here's the thing. Paul said, when one sins against, when you commit sexual immorality, the scripture says you sin against your own body. Isn't that what it says? Yeah. Yeah. Look, at it, look at that. I just want to make sure, because I might, I might have missed something. Look at verse 19. do no, look at verse 18. Flee sexual immorality. How many know, Amber, one thing you do with sexual immorality? Run. Everybody say run. You run. say, Pastor, I can't run that fast. Run as fast as you can. <laughs> but run. Amen. run away. When you feel it coming on, come on. How many know? We live. all live in this flesh. When you feel it coming on, run. Get, get, where you at? I don't know. They just left. I didn't know a can could run that fast. Uh, I'm out of here. Run, run, run. So he says, every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his what? Own body. Unlike any other sin, sexual immorality, you hurt yourself, not just spiritually, but physically. And You see, I've been married for some 24 years, and you know what? I ain't never had to worry about a sexual disease being my wife. I'm just saying. Some of you have been married. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know why? Because how many know there's a reason why there's all that stuff? It's judgment. You sin and you hurt your own body. I believe that many people got physical ailments today because they were sexually immoral. They haven't made the connection yet. Because when you're sexually immoral, you hurt your own body, not just spiritually, but physically, unlike any other sin. Paul said you sin, he said, he said most of the sins are done outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality, you sin against your own body. And many people are battling today, day, or even in some cases on their deathbed, because of sexual immorality. How many know that God is not mocked? Whatsoever man so that he shall reap. Finally, I'm going to say this. The Bible says that your body is our temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's an amazing thing to think that God Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. Isn't that amazing? That the God who made the heavens and earth, he lived inside of me. So the Bible says that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the temple. And how many you know that this temple should be holy? Amen. Sacred. Now, here's the problem. See, see, let me, can I, can, I give, can I give ladies, don't be mad. Can I give y'all a little bit of advice? Look, if you want to try to catch somebody, if you got to put out half of your body, half of your chest, and half of your leg, you don't need that sucker anyway. Let me say why. Because let me tell you something. You get what you promote. And when somebody look at a godly man or woman, they should look at you for who you are. And they shouldn't be undressing you while you're standing there. Because my body is the temple. So when you look at me, so if you look at first lady, she's holy. Hallelujah. First lady, she don't dress. Look, she cover her stuff up. Because when you look at me, I'm not no sex toy. It amazes me. Women say, I want to get me a good husband. Put some clothes on there. You'll get your good husband. Same thing with men. How many know? We need to dress ourselves appropriately. You need to listen to me. Since my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, when you look at me, you need to look at me as a godly man. Amen. And you need to see me as a godly woman. You don't look at me as some sex object. I'm not some sex thing. You just, this is high. This is a high cost. You got to pay for this, buddy. <laughs> this ain't for sale. Oh, no, this ain't no cheap thrill here. This is holy because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of me. Amen. So the way you, listen, the way that you carry your temple is going to say a whole lot about you. Amen. See, when I got ready, when I got First Lady, one thing I knew, about First Lady, she always took care of herself. And I looked at her, I said, I'll marry that woman. There were some women I'd never marry. I'm talking about when I was in the world. When I didn't have sins, I got sins now. I'm saying, hallelujah. hallelujah. But when I was in the world, <laughs> you know, pastor was not. A, I ain't what you think I was back then. But let me say this to you. Women, you dress and you carry yourself as a godly woman. If you want a good godly man, they will come to you when you live like a godly woman. If you want a long-lasting good relationship, somebody who wants you for you, put your clothes on. Now, I'm not saying don't be stylish. I'm not saying be stylish, be all that stuff, but you know what? Remember that your body is a temple. So when people look at me, you need to understand this is holy because people will treat you the way that you present yourself. And if you want to be treated, how I many know, if you look at, I don't have time to turn now. I got to stop. But if you look at Proverbs chapter 5, write it down. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. You ever notice that when a prostitute walk on the street at night, she ain't dressed in a long skirt coming down to her knees, her body covered. Amen. She got on high pumps. Am I right about it? And she got a skirt on to wear? Up here. And she got everything exposed. You know why? Because she's saying, I'm ready if you are. You. There you go. Yeah. But how many know that if you walking on the street like that, and you walk like Sister Honor, stand up. I'm going to stand up for it. I'm going to Hold it. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Ha. See, them bad jokers, they ain't even look her way. And she, you know what? And she don't want them anyway. Amen. Yes. Holiness. I'm not saying that you can't, you can be stylish, but how many know we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I got to be concerned about how I conduct myself. I can't, I can't, listen. Men, you're the same thing. We got we to gotta watch what we do and how we put, and what message do we send? I used to watch one <laughs> I would call his name, and I got to finish, But there's one preacher I used to watch on TV. And I used to be like, and my mom was watching him. He used to always come on TV. He used to have on this big old muscle shirt. And uh, his muscles would be all showing. He'd be there. My wife was good. My, wife, my mom was like, oh, good God, look at all the muscles. You know? <laughs> Couldn't even hear the word, because the muscles. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for the church to wake up it's time for the church to understand that we have to raise the bar raise let's raise our kids to be people of integrity and people who walk godly let's consider that god says judgment is coming to those who live in sexual debauchery every head is bowed every eye is closed if you're here this morning I'm gonna do a couple of them, we'll do an altar call. Now, if you hear this morning and you say, Pastor, I've been fornicating. Pastor, I've been adul- I've been committing adultery. In fact, Pastor, I've been involved. Homosexuality, lesbianism. I've been immoral. You say today, you hear the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you hear his spirit. Don't, don't resist. How many know God loves you? And God has sent me here as his messenger to warn us so that we can get in line. If you're here this morning, I want you to repent. First of all, don't try to fight it. You know who you are. And God already knows who we are. So we can't hide. It's no, re- it's no reason it's to hide. But you know what we need to do? We need to acknowledge today. We need to acknowledge. If the Holy Spirit is spoken to you right in your seat, you need to say, Lord, the pastor was talking about me. And in fact, I will go fur- further to say that part of the reason why our lives are somewhat messed up is because we haven't done it God's way. I'm gonna give you a chance. For those who wanna come, I'm not gonna ask you. It's none of my business between you and God. But you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and you wanna get some things right, I'll invite you to the altar. But those who say, Pastor, I, I, I want more privacy, and you can come to me at the end of service, we'll pray, we'll pray for you. We'll pray for you to get delivered. But the idea is that after today, that this sexual immorality will stop, that the bar will be raised, and no longer will we live a life that is filled with debauchery, sexual immorality. We understand who we're called to be. I want you to take a moment right where you are. We're gonna do communion here in a second. I'm gonna give Jesus a praise, would you? thank you for your prayers as we said before and we want to do this today uh, for those who want to know more about 120 please go to our table we have some information for you but today i said last week uh, we want to commission everybody here who's going to participate and i hope that's everybody here in our 120 plan and um i'm i'm believing god I, i i want to say this church and for some of our guests, I know we, we've gone over a little bit. Please forgive me if you, if you have to go, I understand. Uh, I just want to take a few moments. This is a, a big campaign that we'll be doing for the next four months. And, uh, and God has given us a plan to reach our community. And this is what this is about. This is about community and kingdom building. And so, so we want to do this, but we cannot do this in and of our own strength. We have the plan, but we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to help us today. And tomorrow launches our 120 effectively tomorrow and so tomorrow you begin getting scriptures I want you to make sure that if you have not given sister diva your email or text please make sure she get it because we'll be sending you verses every day which is uh, consistent with our plan and so um, I want everybody uh, to come on up who's gonna participate in our 120 plan I hope that's everybody let's come on up to the altar if you will we're gonna pray I want to remind you I want to remind you that this is a covenant this is what a covenant we're doing for God and to God Um, how many know that there's nothing better we can be doing advancing His kingdom in the earth Jesus died not only for you who are standing here today but he died for the people who are out there too he died for them and we got to go get them amen We got to go get them. We got to go get them. When you see see somebody in the house and the house is on fire and you got an opportunity to go pull them out of that house, you don't stand there and watch, right? You go do something. You go get them. The house is burning down. We got an opportunity to save some people. I want you to sense there be a sense of urgency. For those who wasn't here last week to hear the message, go online, wwwfoundation ministryorg look up the message and listen to it as I gave more detail about 120. But as we said last week, 120 is going to change the whole context of how we do ministry here in our church forever. I really believe that. I really believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. And I want to read this verse to you because I asked the Lord, I so said, Lord, where you want me to pray? And he said, I want you to pray. And anoint the people for a spirit of boldness to come over us. You know the, the disciples in Acts chapter number two. You go read it. That right before they went out and they preached the gospel, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, for those of you who know baptism in the Holy Spirit at its core, people, most people think baptism in the Holy Spirit is just speaking in tongues. It's not just speaking in tongues. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongue, and it is also this: baptism in the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Is power to do the work that God has called you to do. When the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they got up, they preached the gospel, and stuff happened. There came a point in time when they asked God for more because they were being threatened. Uh, the uh, People were threatening their lives, and they prayed again. They prayed, and they prayed to God for boldness. Now I want to read this verse to you in Acts chapter number 4. Just stand right there for a moment. And, and uh, let me just read this. So the disciples were being beaten, they were being threatened, and and the Bible says, and being let go, they, being the disciples who were threatened and being beaten, they went to their own campaigns and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they had heard that, they raised their voice to God. So they got beaten, they got threatened. So what did they do? They go pray to God, all of them, with one accord, and they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. See, this is what we need to understand. God made everything, everything we have authority. Do you hear me? We have authority. Walk like a child of God who has authority over our community. We have authority because we have been commissioned by the Holy Spirit. I want you to take it that way. You've been commissioned today. Who by the mouth of your servant David said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together. Look at verse 29. Now, look. Now, now, Lord, look at at their threats. How many know it ain't gonna be easy to win people to Jesus? Hmm. Look at their threats, and grant to your servants that with all boldness, everybody say boldness, They may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal them. And that, watch this. Here's the other thing we're going to pray for. Hear this. And that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your Holy Spirit, Jesus. Your Holy Spirit, do you hear me? Praying for boldness. And we're praying that God would anoint us with signs and wonders working through your hands. Now, you're saying, well, Pastor, I don't know. I'm telling you right now, you're going to need this. You can't witness out there. You, listen, we can't bring them in by just great ideas. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? Amen. You need power. Amen. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is about power. Power to pull off what we can't do in ourselves. God says, I want you to go. When you go, he, I'm going to anoint you with power. All we need to do is respond in obedience to him. Watch this. He says... By stretching out your hand that the signs and wonders may be done through the uh, name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together. I want you to hear this. Where are we at? We assembled together. Was shaken. The place was shaken. They were calling out on the name of the Lord. Oh, oh, they, you know what? They won't ask him for a bigger house, they won't ask for a bigger car. They weren't asking for a better pair of shoes. It's more more boldness to preach. Jesus. Boldness to preach. How many know that got God's attention? Amen. And God shook the house. God told me to let you know this morning he's shaking the house. Oh, he's shaking the house. He's shaking the house. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Right after they were filled, they spoke the word of God with a boat. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart. You hear that? This is a criteria that we must have. One heart, one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Watch this. And with great power, the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace fell upon them. This is our defining moment. I want you to get serious right now. I want you to, I want nobody looking around. I want you to just focus on the Lord. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to, I'm going to walk there. And I'm going to anoint, I'm going to anoint every, every one of you in here. I'm going to anoint you today. I'm going to anoint every one of you. And that God, that God will baptize you with the Holy Spirit afresh. He will give you a spirit of boldness and that powers and miracles and signs and wonders will be done through your hands. And through your mouth I'm, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you one example then I'm gonna pray for you I was now, me and my wife was in Walmart you know God does a lot of work in Walmart anybody believe that but me so we I got home from Alabama like late Friday so my wife and met for a uh, late dinner we met like at 9 o'clock in, in Whitbridge Olive Garden and so we're on the way home so we ate and then we're on the way home Peggy said I got a traditional she said I gotta stop at Walmart and grab something I said okay so I go there. So this guy that I work with, he is a federal agent. And he's the supervisor of, of my task force. So I told him, to, listen to me, I told him around Christmas time, I said to him, I said, you know, man, I said, uh, I pray, I, 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 last night I had a dream about you. This guy had been trying to find the right wife. He'd been wanting a lady. He's not, he's not a Christian as far as when I know, but he had been praying for one. Not praying for one, but he had been wanting one. He'd been wanting a wife. And so I just dreamed one night. God gave me a dream. And, it, and, it, and, it, and the dream showed me that he was a man who had found his wife. And I saw children in that dream. So I went there. I, don't, I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. I said, Greg. I said, Greg, uh, I want you to know that, uh, that I had a dream last night that you had found your wife. And he said, Really? You know, man, that's good, man. Keep praying for that. Keep praying. And, you know, I didn't know. I said, I don't know what it meant. I wasn't thinking about him. He wasn't in my thoughts. I didn't go. Med- I wasn't even really, Shane, I wasn't even really praying for him. And the Friday, I go to Walmart. Mind you, he doesn't live in this area. He lives up north. I'm in Walmart. All of a sudden, Gary! And I look, huh? and I say, I'll I, I be going to be I said, what are you doing here? What are you doing? And the first thing he said to me, he said, look, he showed me a lady and a little son. And I looked at him like, oh, my God. Now, he ain't saved yet. But the Lord has brought him here to staff. You'll see him here. Y'all got to get this. You got to see this. God will move some things in place when we get up off the couch. You got to get up and make it happen. Listen, you make it happen by responding in faith. God is moving something. I was shocked. I said, oh my, I said, Peggy, that's what this whole thing was all about. God is about to move. This is going to be divine appointments all over the place. God is going to move. So here's what I want to do. We're going to pray. Now, as we pray, I'm going to have everybody lift their hand. I want you to pray. Now, listen, I want you to pray out aloud. I don't want you, listen to me. Don't, the devil wants you to keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. Pray that God will fill you with his spirit and use you in 120. And I need everybody in your hands lifted raised. I'm going to come and anoint you. I want you to pray out aloud. I want you to pray out aloud. Come on, begin to pray. Come on, begin to pray. However you need to pray to God, Let's, let's ask him for a filling. Come on, fill this place. Fill this place right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray you would anoint him, Lord God, that he may be, speak the word of God with boldness, Lord God. I pray for increase in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray that our house will be filled in Jesus' name. Oh God, I pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fill them, Lord, with signs and wonders and miracles, Lord, coming through their hands in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray you would touch it right now. Fill it up right now, Lord. Lord. Baptize her in the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Give her boldness, Lord God. I pray that that Lord God's sons and daughters will come into the kingdom through her hands, Lord. Anoint her right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for my brother, Lord God. You want to anoint him in the name of Jesus. Give him a Lord a spirit of boldness, Lord. The signs and wonders will work through his hands. The miracles will work through her hands, Lord. As she go into that school, Lord. Anoint her, Lord, in this season, Lord. Set her apart in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you in the. Name name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for this man of God. Oh, God, I pray you would anoint him, baptize him in the Holy Spirit, empower him, Lord God, make him fruitful in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I thank you for this daughter of Abraham. Oh, God, baptize her afresh in the name of Jesus. I pray for a spirit of boldness to come over her life, and the signs and wonders, Lord God, will come through our hands in the name of Jesus. I thank you for this daughter, Lord of Abraham. God, I pray that you would give her not only only boldness, but wisdom in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord God, I pray that the miracles will be done through her hands in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray for signs and wonders in the name of Jesus, Lord. A spirit of boldness, a spirit of uh, of witness will come over her, Lord. In the name of Jesus, baptize her afresh, Lord. Baptize her afresh in the name of Jesus. Touch him right now in Jesus' name. Baptize him afresh in the name of Jesus, Lord. Let signs and wonders, Lord. Miracles, Lord. I pray for a spirit of miracles to come over my brother, Lord. Miracles, signs and wonders. Boldness, Lord God. That you would give him gifts of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Gifts in this season, Lord. You would anoint him, baptize him for this moment. Oh, God, I thank you for this daughter of Abraham. Anoint her right now, God. I pray, God, that you would give her boldness, Lord. I pray that you would make her exceeding fruitful in the name of Jesus. Lord. I pray, God, that she would flood, Lord God, that she would flood her territory. God, she will flood her territory with the power of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Oh, God, I thank you for this daughter, Lord. I thank you for the work that you're doing in her. Fill her with your Holy Spirit, oh God. I pray you'll anoint her, God. I pray, God, that she will, God, bring many sons and daughters into the kingdom. God, I pray, Lord, that you will use her to break every yoke. You will use her to break every stronghold. You will use her in the name of Jesus, Lord, to set the captives free. God, I pray that a great harvest will come through her hands in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I thank you for this daughter of Abraham, Lord. God, I pray that you will anoint her, Lord God.